Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Now, tonight, I want to share with you a very important message. I am still sharing from the topic, Many Accord. Many Accord. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Many are called. For many are called, but few are chosen. How many people are called? Many. Lift up the right hand. Say, I am called. Yes. You are called. Amen. Now, you know, I, I was very happy when our sister came to give the testimony and she was talking about how she had decided to win souls for the Lord, even though she's a big woman in her office and all that. And that is what is required of all of us. It doesn't matter who we are. Doctors, engineers, nurses, carpenters, computer scientists, farmers, market women, alright, it is important for us to understand that we have all been called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yesterday, I explained to you why the call is important. Because the preaching of the gospel is the source of power to affect our nation. If Sierra Leone is going to be affected with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to preach. And not a few people, but many of us. Now, Jesus made a very important statement. In Matthew chapter 9, reading from verse 36, the Bible says that, and when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and they were scattered as sheep, scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Verse 37, then said he to his disciples, The harvest truly is precious, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore, verse 38, to the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Brothers and sisters, God wants a lot of laborers in the harvest of souls. Now, what is the harvest? The harvest are the unbelievers in the world that are perishing and going to hell. Listen to me. If we even take this country, 
Sierra Leone. Alright? I'm told that is it 70% of this country is Muslim? Between 60 to 70 of this country, in other words, when you meet 10 Sierraleans, you count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. These are people who don't know Christ. Who believe in other religions. Amen. So you will see that that's why Jesus said the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And that is why God is calling you also. Because only the few pastors that we have in the church cannot, are not enough to reap the harvest. And listen to me. If you say that you are not called, then I want you also to understand that all the promises in the Bible, you are not part of it. Hello? Do you understand it? When Jesus says in John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you may ask of the Father, he may give it to you, then it means that that part of the scripture, it does not also belong to you. Hallelujah. So if, if, if you want to enjoy the blessings in the word of God, the blessings of the promises in the word of God, you must also realize that you have a responsibility. Everybody here is called to serve the Lord. Everybody here is called to preach. To preach Jesus Christ. Everybody here is called to witness about Jesus Christ. Everybody here is called to be a soul winner. Everybody here. Everybody here. Because many are called. Not few are called. Many are called. And many means majority. Most people. Now, if I take this session. Alright? This session of the church. Okay? Many are called. Means, can the two of you please stand up? Yeah, these two sisters stand up. Many are called. Means that perhaps... It is only these two sisters that are not called. The majority of the people sitting down here are called. It is important for, thank you, for all of us to see ourselves as vessels that can be used by God. Hallelujah. Listen, if you had, if you were God, and you had more than 7 billion people to save, will you choose only a few people? Will you choose a few people? How many of you have you not choose a few people? You choose many people. So God is also calling. That is why Jesus said, the laborers are few. The laborers are few. But the harvest is great. It's plenteous. The harvest is the winnable source in the world. The winnable source. The people who are waiting. There are many people who are waiting. There are many people who are like the Ethiopian eunuch who was returning from Jerusalem to Ethiopia and did not understand the things of God. And the Holy Spirit, watch this, watch this. My soul meant so much to the Lord that he moved uh, Philip, was it Philip? Philip, from a powerful crusade and a powerful revival where thousands were being saved, where thousands were being healed, where there was so much rejoicing, he moved Philip from there 
in Acts chapter 8 and send them to the wilderness so that we go and witness to only one person. That is how much a soul misses to God. So Jesus said, For shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for a soul? What is the price of a soul? What is the price of a soul? What is the price for one single soul? There is no price. Nobody can buy a soul. Nobody. Nobody. Recently, listen to me. Recently, I heard that in England, if you lose either your, your finger, I, I've, I've forgotten the, the facts, either your finger or your hand, and if, sorry, one finger, how much was it? Was it 80,000 pounds? Yes. If you lose one finger, let's say at your workplace, your hand accidentally went into a machine, and then your hand got cut off. You are paid 80,000 pounds. So two fingers, how much is it? So three fingers, how much is it? So four fingers, how much is it? So one hand, how much is it? So one arm, how much of it? What about two arms? What about two legs? What about your head? Now, this shows you, don't, this shows you that as a vessel, you are so expensive. Hallelujah. So many are called. But you see, today, God is going to help you to answer some questions in your mind and your heart. Because many people are saying, Bishop, it is true. It is true. I like to do something for God. But I don't think that I am one of those people that God can call. I don't really think so. Bishop, you don't know me. Bishop, you don't know my past life. Bishop, you don't know my circumstances. If you knew who I was, you would not say that I am called. So sometimes, the reason why we don't do anything for God is because we think that we cannot be used by God. Or we cannot be called by God. So today, I want to share with you the characteristics of people that God calls. The characteristics of people that God calls. And by the end of this message, everybody here will be convinced that you can be used by God. What are the signs? What are the lifestyles? What, what, what can you find in the lives of people that God normally calls? Number one, God calls people who have failed in life. God calls failures. Anybody here who has failed in anything before, you are a candidate for God to call you. Many of us failed our exams. When you did your, your how do you call it, all levels or WASI mathematics, WASI mathematics, you got nine, English nine, social studies nine. And then when you went to, because your mother didn't understand, you said, oh, nine over ten. It was not nine over ten. You bond fully. Many of us have failed in our marriages. Many of us have failed in our business. We have failed in different parts of our life. So we look at our system and say, somebody who has failed before, how can God use me? 
But you see, I want us to look at the life of Moses. Moses also failed. The first time Moses tried to be a judge over his people, in Exodus chapter 2 from verse 11, the people looked at him and said, who made, the, who made you a judge over us? Hallelujah. He failed. He could not command them. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out into his burden and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian, smited and Hebrew, one of his brethren. Verse 12. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that, when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews stood together, and he said to him, that did the wrong. Wherefore smited thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Are you come to kill me? That the way you killed the Hebrew the other time, Moses had to run away with his life. In his first attempt to be a judge over his people, he failed miserably. Listen to me. The fact that you have failed in certain areas of your life does not mean that you are a failure forever. God can use you and God can call you. God uses failures. Pastors, if you have failed in starting a church, start again. If you have failed in going a church, go it again. In whatever area that you think you have failed, do it again. Because God calls failures. Can I have an amen? Yes. Number two, God calls unworthy people. Unworthy people. God calls on worthy people. People who are not worthy. Hallelujah. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11, And Moses said unto God, Who am I? Who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring for the children of Israel out of Egypt? What Moses was saying, I am nothing. I am nothing. Somebody who is not worthy is somebody who is not desirable. It's not desirable. You are not qualified. You don't deserve it. You are not valuable. You are not somebody that we must commit something to based on who you are. But brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Even the fact that you see yourself unworthy is the reason why God will use you. Because listen to me, God does not use perfect people. God used sinners that are saved, washed with the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And none of us deserve anything. None of us deserve anything. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, he said, I am what I am, but by the grace of God. We are all here by the grace of God. Nothing qualifies us to be here. Nothing qualifies me to stand here to preach. I am standing here to preach purely by the grace of God. Nothing qualifies Bishop Landa to stand here to preach. No, 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 no. We are all not ready. But thank God that even though we are not ready, God still uses us. And so if you look at yourself, maybe based on how you grew up, your family background, you know, and then you say to yourself, no, it's not me. That is exactly what 
Saul said, when he met Samuel, Samuel told him, God has sent me to anoint you to be the king of Israel. And Saul said, really? Really? You didn't hear well. Let me give you a description of my life. He said, my family is called Benjamin. And my family is the least among all the twelve tribes of Israel. And then, amongst my family itself, which is the least amongst all the tribes, where I come from, my clan, is the least. So, Mr. Prophet, if you are looking for somebody to be king, not me. Today, you may be sitting upstairs somewhere, and you say to yourself, if that is why you are going to sit at the back, you don't think that you should sit among people. Hallelujah. But I come to tell you that God has located you wherever you are. I said, God has located you wherever. And God can use you. I said, God can use you. And God will use you. I said, God will use you. Why don't you clap your hands for Jesus or somebody? Number three. God calls people who have been rejected. God calls people who have been rejected. Listen. In human life, rejection is a real problem. And there are many people here that have been rejected. Oh yeah. There are many people here who have been rejected. I was rejected as a little child, as a baby. My father divorced from my mother. Actually, once he was still in the marriage, you know, he had another uh, woman who eventually took over the marriage. And when I was a little child, I was told that I was in the hands of this woman. Alright? And she rejected me. And she tried to kill me. While I was at sleep, she, she poured hot custard on me. Yeah. To pay me. She did not want me in her life. I was rejected. And many years later, I got to know this woman. When I finished medical school. I've never seen her before. I met up with her when I finished medical school. And I took her up as a mother and looked after her until she died. The stone that the builders have rejected had become the cornerstone. Hallelujah! Listen! When the prophet Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint a king, they called all the brothers, but not David. David was so called. David was so called. So if an experienced prophet like Samuel missed his prophetic direction, when he saw when he saw Eliab strong, tall, he took the oil and said, "This is the capital." And the Lord said, "No, I refused him." When he saw Abinadab, tall, big, he wanted to anoint the Lord said, no, 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 I rejected him. He moved on to Shammah, 
The Lord says, I rejected. He moved on to all the brothers and the Lord said, This oil is not fit. There's no head here that this oil is fit. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and from verse 11, Samuel said to Jesse, He said, Are these all your children? 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 And someone said unto Jesse, Are all thy children here? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. There's just a little one. And that one, he's very dirty with the sheep. He's taking care of the sheep. He doesn't qualify to be here. David was rejected. But someone said, Go and call him. Listen to me. It doesn't matter from what family you came from. It doesn't matter how, whether you are rich, you are poor, you are young, you are your own, if God has called you, nobody can reject you. I said, if God has chosen you, nobody can reject you. If God has called you, nobody can refuse you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes in the church, we fight. Why is it that I'm not allowed to sing? Why is that sister, sister Rebecca is the only one who is allowed to sing solo all the time? Listen, relax. If God has called you, God will use you. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? They called David, and immediately David hit the house. God said, He is the one. Anointing, and the Bible says in First Samuel sixteen verse from verse from verse thirteen that he was anointed in the midst of his brothers, and from that time the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Let me tell you something: the anointing met from your head. Nobody can take that anointing from you. Now you didn't hear me. I said the anointing to preach, the anointing to pastor a church, the anointing to heal, the anointing to do miracles, the anointing to do great things. If God wants that anointing to be on your head, nobody can take that anointing from you. Nobody. When Jesus came, his own brethren rejected him. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 11, the Bible said that he came unto his own, but his own received him not. He was rejected. He was rejected. He was rejected. But one day, the people of Israel will say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So listen, people who have been rejected, if you are here, you have been rejected before. Alright, don't worry. Yeah, there are some brothers, some sisters have rejected you. You are proposed, you are proposed to fight sisters. They are all rejected you, don't worry. One of these is the glory of the Lord is coming upon you. God is going to lift you up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For thou, O God, are my shield. My glory and the lifter up of my head. May God lift up your head in the name of the Lord Jesus. Don't worry, God will promote you. I said, God will promote you. For promotion cometh not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He will lift up one and put down another. 
What must come to you will come to you. I said, what must come to you will come to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Joseph was called by God. But his brothers, out of jealousy, they rejected him. And they took away from him. You know, some of us, we are very bitter. Based on what people have done to us. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Alright? He get healed and put your trust in the law. Amen? Because bitterness will kill you. It will destroy you. It will destroy you. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, Paul says, Looking diligently, let any man fail of the grace of God. Let any root of bitterness springing out amongst you trouble you, whereby many, 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 many are saved. They are defiled. They are defiled. The rejection that you are going through in the hands of people can make you bitter. Yeah, your sisters here, your husband rejected you. Maybe you even look after him. And when he prospered, he rejected you. But let me tell you something God will take care of you. Amen? God will take care of you. I said, God will take care of you. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13, from verse 6 Let your conversation always be without covetousness. Amen? And be thou always glad with such things as thou hast. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake you, that we may be able to say, The Lord is my helper, and I shall not be afraid of what man will do unto me. Joseph was rejected. They took away from him the special dress that the father has given to him. The special garment. Pastor, listen to Listen to me. Any special covering that God has given to you, nobody can take it away from you. Even if they take it away, God will oppose it. And his brothers, out of jealousy, envy, rejected him, and they threw him into a pit. They left him to die. No water, no food, no air, couldn't breathe. He was struggling. He was thrown into a pit. You may be sitting down here and then you are finding yourself in a pit. Some people have thrown you into a pit. But what is a pit? When you are in a pit, what is a pit? What are you doing in the pit? Why has God allowed you to be in a pit? There's a reason why God has permitted your enemies to put you in the pit. Because pit means P-I-T and it means a prophet in training. A prophet in training. You are in the pit because God is training you. Allow God to train you. He's telling you of no suffering. He's telling you patience. He's, he's telling your love. Can I have an amen? Allow God. Allow God. Allow God to train you. And at the right time, God will lift you up. The psalmist said in Psalm 40, I cried unto the Lord 
I pay heed to my voice. He lifted me also up out of a horrible pit, out of the mary clay, and he put my feet upon the rock, and he put a new song in my mouth. God is going to put a new song in your mouth. Anybody who feels that you are rejected, receive a new song in your mouth. Receive a new song in your mouth. Receive a new song in your mouth. Lift up your voice and shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have been rejected, it doesn't mean that God will not use you. God can still use you. God went ahead and used Joseph and made him the second most powerful man in Egypt. So anybody here, man, woman, child, boys, boy, girl, pastor, who has been rejected, it does not mean that God cannot use you. God can still use you. And God can still use you to do great things for himself. Can I have an amen? Number four. God calls people who are not believable. God calls people who are not believable. In Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1, and Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord had not appeared unto them. So you may be saying to yourself, hey, Bishop, based on my life story, based on the things that I have done, Bishop, everybody here knows me as an alcoholic. Everybody knows me here as a cheap adulterer. Everybody knows me here as a I repented and robbed. They know my story. They know my story. So they will not believe me. They won't. God knows that. God knows that. When the anointing came upon, upon, upon Saul and Saul began to prophesy <laughs> with the sons of the prophets, the people said, what is this? Is Saul also amongst the prophets. That, but listen to me. You are not going to lose yourself. God is going to lose you. Hallelujah. And based on the way that God is going to use you, men will believe you. Can I have an amen? Now, when Paul got saved on the way to Damascus, remember that he became blind. The Lord struck him blind. And in Acts chapter 9, from the text, look at it. You see something very interesting there. And there was a disciple, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Street. And inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayed. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now, God told Ananias, Go and pray 
for, for Saul to be healed. And Ananias said, Lord, have you forgotten so soon? Have you forgotten so soon? Or you are deaf, you are not heard. Some of us, we want God to kill our enemies. That is why your enemies are flourishing. If you want, if you don't want your enemies to flourish, leave them to God. God, God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. But once you begin to pray, Lord, kill my enemies, they are rather going to flourish. One day, a certain pastor, he told his friend, he said, this year something will happen. A pastor, he told his friend that this year something will happen. Do you know what he was referring to? He was expecting his wife to die that year. You see, you are saying what? It's because you are not married before. But if you have married and you have seen the issues in marriage, it will not surprise you that somebody wants his husband, somebody wants his husband or her wife to die. And so that he said, this year, something will happen. But the wife continued to flourish. And she became fatter and bigger. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen. God will cause people to believe you. So Ananias said, no, 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 no. Go back to the scripture. Go back to the scripture. Acts chapter 9, verse 14. Ananias said, no, 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 no. Lord, we have made a mistake. Some of you, when people see you in the church singing, preaching, evangelizing, playing instrument, bishop is sending you, your pastor is sending you, they get amazed and they say, the pastor, is it the person that you can use? You couldn't get somebody better. God is not looking for a better person. God is looking for a yielded vessel. God is not looking for a better person. God is looking for an obedient vessel. Hallelujah. Listen. If men will not believe you, but God will believe you, go for it. Go for it. For whose witness will you receive? Receive the witness of God. Can I have an amen? amen. Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 44, He said, how can you believe when you receive honor from one another and not the honor that comes from God? How can you believe? How can you believe it? How can you? There is no faith in our hearts for as long as we want to receive the honor of men. Can I have an amen? amen. And so, Ananias said, you have made a mistake. Acts chapter 9 and verse 14. But the Lord corrected him. And the Lord will correct people concerning your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Huh? Verse 13. Go, go to verse 13. Let's take it from verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he had authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. Go ahead. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. Clear off. Just obey my instruction. Go quickly. For he is a chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. People can say,
at you. But if God has called you, God will use you. What is the point? What is God trying to tell you? You may not believe yourself, but God believes in you. God believes in you. When Paul went to Jerusalem, after a couple of years, all the apostles, including Peter, Peter, James, all of them, they rejected him. They couldn't believe that this man said that I have repented. They could not believe it. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. And Barnabas, and Barnabas, Barnabas means son of consolation. Barnabas took Paul and brought him to the apostles and said, listen, receive him. This man is changed. This man is changed. This man is a new person. And Paul went about preaching. Brothers and sisters, Paul was used by God to affect the world at that time more than anybody, including, including Peter and the rest. It was Paul that God used to write more than half of the New Testament. We must be very careful the people that we try not to believe and we use our mouths to discourage them in the ministry. Oh, it's a thief. Oh, it's a fornicator. Oh, it's an arm robber. And so what? Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I used to be a thief, but I'm no more a thief. I used to be a prostitute, but I'm no more a prostitute. I used to be an arm robber, but I'm no more an arm robber. God sees me as the righteousness of God. For he has made him to be righteous unto us. Who are not righteous? God has made Jesus to become righteousness for us. Can I have an amen? amen? So today, you may look at me, but I'm not the same person. I used to be a person, but that was then. Now I am washed through the blood of Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Don't look at me the way you are looking at me. I am new by the blood of Jesus Christ. All my sins have been washed away. I am called the righteousness of God. I am called the child of God. I am called the daughter of God. I am called the anointed one of God. I am called the beloved of God. God loves me. God cares about me. And God wants to use me. Whether you believe me or not, God is going to use me. Can I have an, an amen? Can I have a believing amen? a way of bringing your past to you. Satan has a way of bringing your past to you. Some of you, you are not able to climb into ministry because of your past. Satan reminds you, you, you too are going to stand in front of the people to preach. You, anybody can do but not you. Not you. Not you. Have you forgotten about the 31 abortions that you committed? One day. When I say one day, say one day. One day. One day. A sister was singing in church. She used to sing for the pastor. Before the pastor would preach. And one time the pastor called her upstairs to sing. And she was singing. But in the midst of her ministration, something happened. And nobody saw it, but the pastor saw it. Right in the middle, she was singing. Something happened. Something happened. 
today. But nobody saw it but the pastor saw it. So at the end of the service, the pastor called him. He said, what happened to you? When you were singing, what happened to you? And she said, Pastor, did you notice it? So of course I noticed it. And she said, you will not believe it. Right in the middle of my ministration, Satan began to speak to me about my past. And Satan began to tell me, you have no right to stand here to sing. You have no right. Listen to me. God is going to use you, not because you are a perfect person. God does not call perfect people. Now watch this. Did you know that most of the Bible were written by three murderers? God used three murderers, people who have killed people, three of them, to write most of the Bible. Murderer number one, Moses. <laughs> Murderer number one, Moses. Do you know why he killed the Egyptian and ran away? But it was mostly that God used to write Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If it had not been Moses, how would we have known about the origins of the world? How would we have known about the, the beautiful story of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob? The crossing of the Red Sea. The power of God. The provision of manna by God for his people. All these stories were captured by a murderer called Moses. And listen to me. God called Moses he called Moses the most humble person on earth. When, when Aaron and his sister, what was the name of his sister? Miriam criticized Moses. God called them. He said, come, come, come for a meeting. Come for a meeting. Come for a meeting. And God asked them, why were you not afraid to speak to my servant? To criticize my servant? Immediately, Miriam was struck with leprosy. Yeah. Be very careful when you open your mouth against men of God. Be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. You sit in the church and your mouth. Nya, 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 Be careful. Leprosy is coming. David's wife. What was her name? Mikael. Mikael. David's wife coming back with the act of God and dancing and worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord and singing to the Lord. Then when he got home, he went to his wife. He wanted to embrace his wife and be happy. My darling, Mikael, come and see what the Lord has said. Mikael said, look at you. Look at you. Is that how kings behave? Look at you. You just expose yourself among little, little girls. You see people sitting in the church criticizing the pastor. Criticizing the pastor's wife. Hey! When the pastor's wife comes to church, they look at her and say, the, the offering is finished. The offering is finished. Today she's wearing a new pair of shoes. Last Sunday's offering, the envelope that Bishop was giving us, everybody, you know, a thousand more times, a thousand more times, that was her new shoe. You will criticize her. Yeah? And David said to Michael, wait a minute. He said, God overlooked your father's house to choose me. And God overlooked your father to choose me. 
In fact, that is why I'm worshiping the Lord. That is why I'm praising the Lord. I, I want you to know I am going to do it even more. The Bible says that God struck Mikah with barrenness. She never had a child. Be very, very careful when you are opening your mouth to criticize God's servants. Leave God's servants alone. Hello? Leave God's servants alone. And you, and you that you are criticizing somebody, what about you? Look at, look at Matthew chapter 7. That is why the Bible says that you must not judge. Look at Matthew chapter 7, quickly. Amen? Matthew chapter 7 from verse 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. Judge not. Judge not. Listen, look at me everybody. Don't judge. If you see something, keep quiet. If you see something, do what? Keep quiet. Leave God's people to God. Judge not. One of the things that over all these years, our pastor, our father in the ministry, Bishop Dark, has taught us, is never to open your mouth to say something about a man of God. Yeah. You, you, a real light chapel international member, you will not get a person. No, 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 no. When pastors meet, they are criticizing other pastors, they will sit quiet. Quiet. You must be careful. And sometimes, pastors, when we meet, we criticize other pastors. We talk about other pastors. It is a seed. You are sowing the wrong seed. But Jesus said, judge not that you do not judge. Verse 2. Verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you make, it shall be measured to you again. Continue. Now watch this. Everybody watch this. And why beholdest thou the moat that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thy own eye? This is what Jesus is saying. You. You are criticizing somebody. You are looking at somebody and you are seeing the person's thought. And Jesus is saying that, how can you see a little speck you see, you look at your brother, and your brother has a little speck in the eye. And you are telling, you are telling your brother, there's a speck in your eye. There's a speck in your eye. And Jesus said, but you have a boom. You have a boom. You, you have a, you have a, a timber lock on your eye. How were you able to see? Hallelujah. Eh? You are saying that somebody is a murderer. Look at, look at her. She has murdered 13 children through abortion. Well, why is Bishop allowing her to sing? She's a murderer. Let me ask you. I'm asking the whole church a question. How many of you have ever hated somebody before? Lift up your hand. You have ever hated somebody before? Lift up your hand. And if you don't lift up your hand, you are hypocrite. Uh, including the pastors, I'm asking the pastors. How many of you? How many of you? Very good. How many of you? Now watch. This is what the scripture says. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. 
So you too your murderer. You too your murderer. You too your murderer. Then you look at somebody and say, eh, look at that uh, brother. He goes around in the church trying to do this. He's a fornicator. He has been sleeping with the, the, the sisters. Eh. Okay, brothers. Let me ask the brothers a question. How many brothers here you have looked at a, a lady before? Ever in your life? And you have had feelings towards a lady? Let up your hand. Including the pastors. Bishop. Yeah. Now, brothers, brothers, stand up. If you are a brother, you are a catastrophe to you before. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Now, give me a check. Give me a check. Give me a check. Give me a check. Now, as for me, as for me, I'm not going to stand up. I'm going to stand on the on military. Now, 
so what, what are the characteristics of the people that God called? Number one, God called failures. Number two, God calls people who are not worthy. Is that not so? Number three, God calls people who have been rejected. How many of you are happy about that? Number four, God calls people who are not believable. Number five, God calls people with an inferiority complex. God calls people with an inferiority complex. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither recently nor in the past, nor since you have spoken, nor since you have spoken to your servant. For I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. You see, Moses didn't have he, he had when we say somebody has an inferiority complex, it means that that person looks at himself and compares himself to other people and says, I am nothing. I can't go among them. I am not educated. I don't come from a rich family. My background is not good. I'm not one of the best people in the church. Hey, actually, I can't sing in the choir. Look at the people in this choir. They're all very nice people. They're all tall people. They all are people who are working. They all speak nice English. As for me, I speak Creole. I cannot join them. So because of that, even when God has called you, you stay back. But God calls people who have inferiority complex. Moses said, me, I can't do anything. But let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul said, I can do all things. I can do all things. Not because I can speak good English. Not because I'm beautiful. Not because I'm tall or I'm short. Not because I'm accepted or not accepted. The reason why I can do all things is because of Christ who strengthens me. Listen, if Christ has called you, He will strengthen you. He will equip you. He will give you all the skills. All the skills. All the help that you need. He will give it to you. Do you know what God said? God said, don't worry. You can't speak. You can't speak. Don't worry. Aaron will speak for you. Pastors, anything that we cannot do in the ministry, if we pray to God, God will give us the right people to help us. Oh yeah. 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 In 2011, I was doing a big research work. And I couldn't tie fast. I couldn't tie fast. And I was writing a paper with over 76,000 words. I could, I could detect from my head six hours on a row. Sometimes I could detect for ten hours. And God gave me a young boy who stayed with me in my house. And as I spoke, he tied with the speed of light. You see, what I couldn't do, God provided. And I finished the work in record time. I finished it in record time. I had four years. I had four years to do the paper within two years of the school. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible 
descendants of King Esa, I believe, that he did a lot of great things in Israel. Why? Because he was marvelously helped. He was marvelously helped. I said, may God send you helpers. God will send you helpers. God will send you helpers to help you. Hallelujah. Don't say to yourself, I'm inferior. You're not inferior. Listen, in the house of God, God doesn't look at us as professors, as doctors, as engineers. No. God looks at us as his children. One father, one Lord, one baptism, one Holy Ghost. In God, there's no Greek, no Jew. We are all the children of God. There's no male, no female. God sees all of us as his children. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is why sometimes you go to a church. The pastor has very low qualification. But in that pastor's church, you find professors. You find government officials. You find great, great people. Why? Because the ministry is not by education. It is not by might. It is not by power. But it is by my spirit, said the Lord. If the Lord places his anointing upon you, that is it. That is it. So don't delete yourself. We need more people to work. We need more people to preach. We need more people to start cells. We need more people to start different ministries. We need more people to go and plant churches, better churches, all over this country, outside this country. We need more workers. And I'm telling you that God has called you. In spite of who you think about yourself, God has called you. You know, in our church, Lyra Chapel International, we have, we have, as I'm speaking, over 2,500 pastors. Now, most of those pastors, 70% plus of them, are people who do their own work and then they do the pastoral work as a voluntary work. And among those people, you find fishermen. You find market women. Market women. I have market women in my church who go about and gather a lot of people and bring them to church every Sunday. It is not by your education. It is not by your tribe. It is not by how, how the ministry is done according to your polished oration. <laughs> yeah. Which is the next point? Point number six. Point number six. God calls people Alright, who are not eloquent. God calls people who are not eloquent. I'm running up. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. When God called Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, I beg you, I can't speak. You know, ministry is preaching and teaching. I cannot speak. When God called Moses, God said, Moses said, me, I'm a samurai. I'm slow as preach. I cannot preach. I cannot teach. God said wrong. God said wrong. The ministry is not according to eloquence. Hello? The ministry is not according to shouting around. The ministry... You know, what makes your preaching powerful? Eh? 
What makes your preaching powerful is the spirit in the preaching. Not, not the volume of your shouting. Not how much you jump around. Sometimes you find pastors screaming. I'm not, I'm not saying that when you scream, it means you're not anointed. But what I'm saying is that the anointing is not in the screaming. Sometimes the reason why the pastor is screaming is that he has nothing to say. And the church members are gullible. So the pastor says, Receive your children. Then they go, Hey, I want you to go, Hey, receive your children. Receive your money. Receive your education. Receive your, your HIV, which is negative. May it become positive. Hey! You see, you are not even thinking about what you're saying. A prophet was speaking. A prophet was not much educated. So he said, Your HIV, which right now is negative, it is turning into positive. And the people said, Hey! Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. I'm coming to the end. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. Look at it. Paul was speaking. You know, one of the criticisms against Paul was that he was not a good speaker. Actually, two. Number one was that they said he was short. He was not, he was not an answer, but he was, he was short. There was no comeliness. Can I have the scripture, please? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 1. There was no comeliness in him. I'm talking about Paul. And number two, that his speech was not nice. So, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He was saying, I did not come with excellent speech. Excellent speech cannot change anybody. What did Jesus say? In John chapter 6 and verse 63, he said, It is the spirit that speaking it. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It is when your preaching is full of spirit and life that it changes people. Pastors, do you understand that? That is why pastors must pray before you go and preach. That is why pastors must see for the anointing. So that you don't go in the excellency of speech. Trying to show off. Big English does not change anybody. Good grammar does not change anybody. You can have a pastor who doesn't know grammar. And say, look, today's, today's, everybody's who went here. I am, I am telling you that God blessed you. God blessed you. Today's. You say, everybody, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Close your eyes. But that pastor, if the anointing of God is upon him, you will see that his word will be accompanied by signs, wonders, and miracles. Go back to the scripture. First question chapter 2. Let's continue. Hallelujah. How many of you are happy that God has called you? We are all ready to serve the Lord in this church. 
And I better when I come to you, come up with the excellent of speech or wisdom to carry on to the testimony of God. Continue quickly. Quickly. For I determine not to know anything among you, save Jesus and him crucify him. And I watch with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Verse 4. Watch verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not of enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You see, your preaching must be in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, not of excellency of speech, good grammar, you know, uh, something. And, and sometimes, my pastor, uh, Pastor Howard, when he's speaking, you can see that there is somebody who has been in America for a long time, with his American accent. You and me, we are being serious here. We have been here. We have not gone anywhere. And when you are speaking, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, I'm a mighty man, man. Look at you. No, you look funny. You look funny. You look funny. I was so happy when my brother came and he was speaking crazy. The one who came and he was announcing, you know, the other one, the other one, he was talking about the Bible school, yes. And I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. Listen, if we have to speak cruel in our churches so that people who can only understand cruel will come to Christ, so do it. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might by all means Seems so. Yeah. At my cathedral, we run six other services. Three of them are in English, one is in French, and two of them are in local dialect. When I started those services, at a point, I was preaching there. I was preaching in the local dialect. I'm a consecrated bishop. God has blessed me with many people, many churches. God has blessed me with money, so many things in ministry. But I will go there and I will preach them in the local language and be with them. Pastors, our aim is to save the loss. If we have to go into the gutter, we have to go into the gutter. If we have to go to the promise, we have to go to the promise. Most of us, we are limited to the big cities because we want money. And we have left the promises to people. That is why other religions have taken over the promises. But better we are going. I said better we are going. I said better we are going. I said better we are going. If you are happy about what I'm saying, clap your hands and give Jesus a shout. Our missionaries to in Ghana, the northern part of Ghana, there are some places that offering is given in kind. They bring yam and maize, and they bring portions of their farm produce as tight. There is no money. I was with Bishop Dag when he went to have a crusade 
in a rural part of Ghana. Every time he asked for offering, people came and they brought yam, pepper, tomatoes, curry. Those are the things that they brought. There was no money. And yet, we have to go there. I said, we have to go there. I said, we have, we have to go there. Jesus did not send us to Freetown only. Jesus sent us to Freetown and to Bo and to Kenema and to all the other towns, the little, little villages. We must go there. Jesus himself he went around all the villages and the towns and the cities. I challenge the call of any pastor here whose ministry is only limited to Freetown. I challenge your call. And I want to tell you that you don't have the spirit of Christ. And you don't have the call of Jesus Christ. So what do you, why do you say so? In every pastor's calling, there are four places to go. There are four places. In every pastor's calling. So better. Better. You have four places to go. Number one, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Why is Jerusalem? Freedom. Freedom. Number two, Judea. Why is Judea the provinces? Number three, Samaria. Why is Samaria the villages? Further, number four, the uttermost part of the world. What is the uttermost part of the world? Guinea Conakry, Liberia, Ghana, Mali, America, New Zealand, Australia, everywhere we must go. complex keep you down. Don't let your lack of eloquence keep you down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you here or you are gone home? Are you here or you are gone home? How many have I given to you? Number six. And let me give you the last one. Seven and then we'll be out of here. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Number seven. God calls people who have failed at earlier attempts in ministry. God calls people who have failed at earlier attempts in ministry. I want to encourage every pastor here. No, pastors, the ministry is not easy. Anybody who will tell you that the ministry is easy is lying to you. Ministry is difficult. And sometimes we, fam- we fumble, we tumble. Sometimes our first attempts don't work. But it doesn't mean that God has not called us. Look at Moses. Look at Moses. His first attempt, he failed. Even his second attempt, his third attempt, his fourth attempt, his fifth attempt, his sixth attempt, his seventh attempt, in the presence of Pharaoh. He failed. He failed to deliver the people out of the hand of Pharaoh many, many, many times. By the days of crossing the Red Sea, it came. I want to encourage every pastor here, never give up. Sometimes the church doesn't grow. Don't worry, wait for your season. There is a time and a season for every purpose. Another son. Continue to do the things that you are doing. 
Satan is he who has called you. Who also will do it? The God who has called you is faithful. He will help you. Don't give up the ministry. I want to encourage every pastor here who is about to give up on the ministry. Don't give up. God is with you. God will help you. God is faithful. He said in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, He said, Behold, I am the Lord and I change not. God will not change. I said, God will not change. God will not change his mind about you. He sent Jonah. Jonah didn't go. But he sent him again with the same message. God is a God of a second chance. If you are a pastor here, you are a church worker here, you, are, you made a mistake. Maybe you, you fell into sin. Maybe you did something and you lost the ministry. You lost your anointing. Let me tell you something. God is a God of a second chance. And God can cause your hair to grow one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And finally, number eight. God calls people who are in difficult circumstances. God calls people who are in difficult circumstances. God calls people who are in difficult circumstances. Judges chapter 6 and verse number 13. And Gideon said unto him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles? Which our fathers told us of saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Listen, even though today you may be standing in a difficult circumstance, God has so called you. Maybe you are very poor. Maybe you are experiencing poverty. Maybe you don't have any place to lay your head. Maybe your marriage is destroyed. Maybe your husband has abandoned you. Your wife has passed her things and left. Ministry has fallen apart. You are in a difficult circumstance. But like Gideon, you see the angel of God came to Gideon and said that you are, he said you are a man, a mighty man of valor. He said, watch me. Because as you are speaking to me, I have come to hide away from the Midianites. But God saw might in him. Listen, don't let your circumstances keep you away from serving God. Maybe you are a woman. You have married for five years, ten years, seven years. You are expecting a child, a child has not come. And you are so discouraged that you don't want to serve the Lord anymore. Because of your difficult circumstances. But no. Keep on serving the Lord. Hallelujah. I said keep on serving the Lord. Don't let your difficult circumstances keep you away from God. Because one of these days, you will say David and say, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help coming from the Lord. May God send you help. 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 In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this message. 
we invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon, opposite the Collegon Main Gate. Our service times are Early Rain Service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope Service, Local Languages Services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith Service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289 God bless you to glorify